So now I'm gonna get the dates right because this was the end of week 13. There, okay? oh, yo, I'm I was getting going, it right I was now. Ask, I was... The vibes <laughs> are got... a little bit different here at the All Day Everyday Show. Welcome, welcome, in. welcome. Uh, the end of week 13. Monday. I am not saying this Our is not the third Monday straight week. The uh, the Victory Monday quote will not be stated in today's podcast welcome 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 into the all day everyday show post week 13 with all day aj and manny ruffin we still here we were still delivering for you. had a fun weekend the beers were flowing we're feeling it I this monday that. morning parlays, uh, were hit. parlays were hit we missed a couple of those we will get into all of them in this show if you're watching on youtube make sure to drop a like comment and do not forget to hit that subscribe button so you're not missing out on any new podcast this nfl season our apple podcast and spotify listeners we do appreciate the hell out of you guys you know what to do down there just scroll to the bottom and give us those ratings all right it is another monday week 13 has concluded and our monday guy kill kenny is here what's up kenny how was the weekend good to see you DraftKings on and the new headphones like to see it yeah, man, the, uh, the the headphones aren't exactly new, but they, they they were in the garage in essentially in storage, and we had to break them back out when we started playing Fortnite again. Uh, when the OG came back, I was playing a good amount. I was rocking these just your your basic bare bones white headphones, and uh, I couldn't I couldn't hear shit. So uh, now we're cracked. We're feel we're feeling good, although they're they're a little little off. I, yeah, I, I, keep, I have to like wedge the uh, the earpiece in here, but dude, we're we're making do with what we have. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, just before we get into all the three games that we want to talk to talk to you about, which we're going to be going through that Eagles game, the Chiefs and Packers Sunday night game where Travis Kelsey somehow did not score with Taylor in, in uh, attendance there, um, and then the the Dolphins route over the, uh, over the Commanders that has now consistently been a thing with this Washington team. I want to just briefly touch on the events in college football this weekend, kicking things off with, with the Oregon-Washington masterclass of, a, of a, a game to start the weekend. Washington moving on. Washington now getting in in that number two spot. Michigan covering 22 points and holding Iowa to zero points. That poor golf bar in Iowa that had to spend uh, – what was the thing? It was like we're, we're doing free beers until this Iowa scores a point. Well, I guess we're bankrupt. So that's done there. Bama with <laughs> and, a big we're <laughs> yeah, and we're dead. Yeah, uh, and we're dead. Bama moves on. Uh, just a huge win there. What are your thoughts? We had the FSU win. Now that's the big controversy here. What are your big takeaways? We know you had your big plus 440 ticket on FSU to not get in, Alabama to get in. Big, big selections before our NFL slate yesterday. What was your kind of thoughts with everything that happened in the selection? Look, I, th- I think the committee got it right. Um, if, I was a, if I was a Florida State fan, uh, one, I, I'd be embarrassed because I, I just I, I hate Florida State, so I, I, don't, I don't mind seeing them get the shaft here. But look, if I was a Florida State fan, I'd be livid. You would, I would be screaming from the rooftops about how about how rigged it is, and I got to be honest, man, I don't really have a good a, a good counter argument to them other than just a, an argument for Bama. I mean, it just it was just another situation that it seems like we've seen a lot of these over the last couple of years, where there's always five or six teams you can make an argument for, and you have to pick. And you got to you can only you can only pick four. Now I know we're going to move to the eight game playoff. I think next year, so this situation won't won't ever happen happen again. And I think the committee got it right. They essentially it came down to. Do you appease Florida State fans and the ACC, which was on the brink of collapse this summer with, 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 with Florida State even thinking about leaving? Or do you give the rest of the country the, the two best matchups possible with the four best teams possible? And I don't really think there's an argument against that Bama is not a top four team. Now, I get it. Florida State, you went 13-0. to you won, you won your conference. What more are you supposed to do? look better doing it when your quarterback goes down and, and, and i feel like it, it's it sounds gross like it does it sounds gross as i say it but like they just they looked objectively bad in in their in their last two games without jordan travis and 
I, I think bookmakers came out and said that they would have been two touchdown underdogs to to pretty much anybody that they would have, they would have gone up against if they made it uh, into the into the college football playoffs. So they got it right. And I think you know going into you know coming into Sunday morning, I thought it was just a, a true coin flip between Bam and Florida State. I mean, there is there is a case to be made on both sides. I thought it was a true coin flip, and they essentially were giving you bama to get in at, at plus 440 i mean that was essentially what the florida state no bet was if you think Bama's going to get in don't bet bama to, to get in at plus 110 bet florida state to not get in at, at plus 440 so it was pretty cool waking up yesterday to see a cash out offer already i mean there was a lot of steam on bama yesterday morning and again i think the committee got it right um really looking forward to the college football playoff i mean these are going to be two unbelievable unbelievable games um i'm excited man i, I really am so i feel bad for florida state but the committee got it right. You got to do what you got to do. Give the people some good football. And this is shaking out to be probably the best college football playoff that we've ever had. Nah, yeah, I 100% agree. Like, watching that SEC championship game when Bama's winning and see Brock Bowers kind of hurt, and it's like, all right, Georgia's probably not going to win. I was like, the national championship winner wouldn't feel justified to me if they didn't go through one of these two teams. And it sucks it had to happen to Florida State, but, like, gave the people what they wanted and we're going to see some good football on New Year's Eve. We are going to see some good football on New Year's Eve. I, I my, my only thought with it was like, you know, you, you just said the best quote right there is, you know, give the people some good football. And you also said uh, two touchdown underdogs. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, it would have been Michigan against a Jordan Travis-less starting quarterback-less Florida State team that barely put up two touchdowns and barely put up 14 points against Louisville. To me, so. They would have gotten destroyed. And destroyed. hey, would you guys have rather gotten your asses handed to in the playoff, or take what we had and go out on the high road, thirteen and zero, undefeated season? It's like choose your battles, pick the right ones. I, I think one question I have too, like, do you guys think next year these championship, these conference championship games are gonna we're gonna see guys maybe sit out if they have like an if they're already in the bid, or do you think like? Do you think the conversation championship games are going to change at all? Or do you think it's going to be kind of like the same importance and the same people playing? Um, that's honestly that it's like that's an element of this that you yeah I haven't even I haven't even thought about yet, right? It's like okay, there's there's eight teams to get in. We're so safe. There's no chance we're not going to be one of the right. eight teams. I, I I don't see it, but uh, I, I I I hear what you're saying there. But I, I think I think people will will take them will take them as seriously. Um, it's funny. I saw a couple of Florida State people on on Twitter kind of say just that. It was like when uh like when UCF was undefeated and they didn't get in a couple of years ago and they essentially declared themselves the national championships. Florida State, congratulations! You've won the national championship. Go celebrate. Go hang your banner. And you didn't have to watch your team get stomped by Michigan. Yeah, that's a that's a great quote uh, right there. Um, all right, let's head over to our NFL Sunday slate. We're gonna kick things off with the 49ers heading to the link in a game that we all thought was going to be, at least on this show last week, was going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. The fact that they were underdogs at home, unreal. Do not put these guys back in the dog masks. Unfortunately, not the case. The Eagles now get their second loss of the season, moving to 10-2. and The running game was non-existent. After that first drive with the big play to A.J. Brown, didn't really see a lot of uh, connections and big plays on offense. The, the 49ers just found a way to get the job done by the defense. We were talking about the addition with Chase Young, what that defensive front did. Nick Bosa forcing a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts, making throws, getting sacks. This was a, a big win for the 49ers in a double-digit 42-19 win. And you look at the schedule coming up for the Eagles. They now have the Dallas Cowboys next week, and many I just touched on this. The Dallas Cowboys are now going to have their third straight home game from Thanksgiving to Seattle to now Philly. 
all on extra rest now from the Thursday night game against Seattle. This is priming up to be a big game for the Dallas Cowboys to get this win. And if they do that, it is going to be the Eagles now in the five seed. It's a very important game next week. What were your initial thoughts here, Kenny? Just a tough loss at home for these Eagles fans in a big NFC Championship rematch. Look, I, I want to say this first. Uh, hey, good game, Niners. I know that sounds sounds gross to say, but like, dude, the Niners came in and they whooped our ass. That's a hell, it was a hell of a win by a hell of a team. And I feel like it just it needs to be said after watching San Fran just go on the excuse train for like a year and a half. <laughs> I, I, hey, you guys won. You whooped our ass. Hell of a game. With that said, it, it's it, it's not all that surprising. I mean, the, the defense looked great in the first quarter. And then after that, they kind of just disappeared. They were exhausted, man. I mean, you got, they put, defense played 90, what, 93 snaps against Buffalo. We played our third game in 13 days. They're playing, I think, I think they played one in their last 10. So they're coming in more rested. Again, these aren't excuses. It's just sort of the, re the reality of this game. And the defense just was not able to keep pace with them in the second half. It was disappointing that we, we weren't able to rally in the Dom game. I mean, if the Eagles came back and won this game after the, after the sideline incident, it would have gone down as like a truly historic Eagles football game. If they found a way to win this game after Dom got ejected, I think it would have, it would have been so awesome. And there was a little bit of momentum there. Dom got ejected. Eagles went down. Jalen Hurts scored to cut it to, I think, 21-14. And then we needed to get stops. And then from that point on, the rest of the game, Debo just shoved it up our ass. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. You want you want to see us win this game so bad, like, and I I think this game is totally different. If we want to sell it for two field goals off the rip, like if we can come out because yeah. I think we punched them in the mouth first, and they they whistled they whistled the storm and punched us back, and we kind of just got knocked the fuck out. Like we like we, we beat the shit out of them in the first quarter yep. and had six and had six points to show for it. I mean that's just not good enough on a team that's 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 this good. A hundred percent. And I just question like, why is DeAndre Swift an automatic sub in the red zone? And it's like the. The one, the, our first red zone possession, he got like a carry on the first drop on the first uh, play. I think he got three yards. When we had to go pass. Second time we're in the red zone, it's just like four or five straight passes. I, this red zone offense to me has just been a head scratcher. The middle of our defense, as I said, the whole year has been Swiss cheese. I mean, especially in this matchup versus 49ers with Brock Purdy and Debo and them, they want to pound the middle of the field. And you just saw that was an absolute mismatch all day. It's just a good win for the Niners, man. I think we're going to see this game again, and I think we're going to clutch up versus Dallas, and we're going to be able to see this game again in Philly, which is going to be huge. I'm not going to overreact off of this at all. I think I even think in the in the Spurs that we look good, you can see how we can beat this team with our matches and all the edges and how we can get go, how we can get going. I think this is a great game for us to learn from. I mean, we were due for a good slacking. The look at this film will get better, get better from this. I think we're fine. Good for the Niners, but I think we're fine. Yeah, and it was good a for chippy game too. Good for the Niners, and I do think there's something to be said. Again, I'm not sitting here happy that, that we get shit on, mm -hmm. but hey, man, I, I think a, I think a team that has Super Bowl aspirations needs to get punched in the mouth. Absolutely, here, here or there, just to remind just to remind them that like, hey, you you're not going to come back from every single ten point deficit. So maybe just stop putting yourself in those positions because you're not going. Jalen Hurts is not going to be able to do it every single time. I know he, he's done it like eight in a row, and he's been Superman, but like at <laughs> some point, maybe just play with a lead and, and control a game. Absolutely. I think there's, like, we, this still needs to be stated for the, the sake of Jalen Hurts. We saw yesterday, like, and it's just about time that we just do not give a pass here. We saw yesterday and in, in weeks prior leading up to this game as well with the Bills last week and the Chiefs, I mean, there was moments where he had four, five, six seconds to get rid of the ball, 
And I understand, like, there was nothing open downfield. But just make that decision and throw it away. We're taking, you know, 10, 15-yard losses on first down, and now you have second and forever to try to get back to the line of scrimmage to make it a third and 10. So multiple times, like, there's, there's the decision-making process with Jalen Hurts is alarming me a little bit with these high-end defensive fronts that he's going to see down the stretch. Cowboys, again, with the 49ers. It's just something that has to be touched on. I mean, I remember vividly it was in the second quarter. And it's like, I'm like yelling at the TV. I'm like, dude, you got, you could make a cook a five course meal in this pocket, either throw it away or throw it to somebody downfield. There's no way that these guys are covered for five seconds that you can sit there and not even run. I mean, the offensive line, you, again, it's time in and time out. You got to give them the uh, most amount of credit possible. But there's something that needs to be said about Jalen Hurts and this slight uh, problem and issue with this decision making. And really, after those first two drives where we had to settle for field goals, there was just, there was just so so little rhythm really with with this offense again i know a lot of this is sort of game script dependent the, the, the second we were trailing most of the second half so you can't really establish the run but our, our running backs being combined eight carries is just not going to get it done i've been very confused about sort of our, our, our running back rotations here i'm not necessarily advocating for like kenneth gaywell to come in and get and get 15 carries again he's had a bit of a down year his his, his yards per attempt has been way low compared to where he's been for his career but at least the first couple of weeks of the season they were really trying to go for this this sort of running back by somewhat by committee approach. And I feel like there was always just fresh legs in the backfield. And I think we've gone away from that j just, just a little bit here. We talked about it, I think, last week too. I do wonder, like, at some point, do you let Rashad Penny come in and just get and just and just take some hits? He's got fresh legs. Like, like I, I get keeping him on ice. He's sort of your insurance policy in case one of your other running backs goes down between now and the playoffs, knocking on wood, hope it doesn't happen. But again, when this guy has been healthy, he has been, I think he's averaging five and a half yards per carry for his career. I mean, Rashad Penny is a tremendous runner. And again, for a team that has played, again, they've played a third game in 13 days. Obviously, like rest has been a bit of an issue here. Like I thought this game or or next game was one, maybe dude, give give Rashad Penny five carries and just see if he can give this offense a bit of a spark because our outside of outside of DeAndre Swift, we've got nothing from Gainwell this year. I think Boston Scott's got like six carries on the year. He's not a in every damn back by any stretch. I just think our running back rotation has been a little weird. And at some point, man, let Rashad Penny get some hits in and just see if those fresh legs can can go to work. It was also interesting too seeing um obviously the injury with Quez Watkins sidelining him and he comes back. I mean, he was right back to work. I mean, it was one of the first or second plays, one of the first passing plays or second passing plays. He's getting the ball. So I, I something that kind of took me away a little bit like, Oh, okay. So we're going to, we're not, it's not just an AJ Brown, Devante Smith type of type of, uh, you know, receiving offense. We're going to start getting Quez Watkins back in the mix. So that was just something that took me, uh, took me back. Um, let's head over now to the to the Chiefs and the and the Packers. Before we get into that game, though, I want you to touch on a little bit of of, of how the Discord went this weekend. I gotta give some props to B Matt in the two plus one thousand caches. I know you like to give the, the credit to him. Three, you're right on that one. Um, yeah, there's Lil Mooney, Lil Mooney, yo, Lil Mooney. I think it's Mooney's first appearance in the all the all. Yes, oh my God, Lil Mooney. But yes, uh, give some credit here with, with B Matt, and I did want to mention. Did George Kittle get that cash? I know he had a big first half with that thirty-two yard catch. Now, I, th I think he had he had nine. I think he had he had one. He had one catch. See, we had, we had three yesterday. We you know we I know we love those half specials. We had three that cashed in the first half, and then legit got shut out in the second half. Curtis Curtis Samuel, we'll talk about him. Had six, had four catches for sixty yards in the first half against the Dolphins, and then didn't wasn't even targeted in the second half. I don't even know if he played. So. Man, it was a it was a brutal weekend for that market. George Kittle, who had been a cash cow, I think three of the last four weeks, looked like it was going to be automatic. And then again, when 
like it's there's not a lot of yards to be had for him when Debo racked up like 125 total yards in the second half. It's just if if Debo's gonna ha- gonna keep housing 50 yard touchdowns, there's there's not a lot of other work to go around, unfortunately. Right, right. Um, but I yeah, so I I had I actually tailed one of the uh BMAP plays. It was like David Montgomery yards, David Montgomery touchdown, Derrick Henry touchdown, Derrick Henry yards, Pacheco yards, Pacheco touchdown. Yeah, uh, huge lay there. I mean, he's like you said you said last week too. He's one of those guys that are just keeping the keeping the Mooney gang like getting fed, well fed, I think was the quote in the in the weeks where crazy shit happens like this in Debo. So that was great, great to see there. Um okay, on the Chiefs, Taylor Swift was in attendance. Travis Kelsey does not get in the end zone. We had one and two. I had him in that parlay. Four for 81 on the day. Did not use him in the fourth quarter. That was a little weird to me in that last drive. But the Packers in a cold, snowy, windy game in Lambeau. Just the, the pristine conditions for those Packers win this one 27-19 against the Chiefs. Hey, the as much as we want to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs being the the you know the dogs of this uh, of this league and the NFL. We're seeing, you know, in two of the last three games, hey, maybe they are not on top like they have been. Maybe they are not this juggernaut that they have been. A big one here for the Packers. I want you to touch on that Jordan Love showing. I picked him up in fantasy this week to to be for uh, Lamar Jackson, who was on the bye this week. An absolute uh, great performance out of this guy that we've touched on before on on if the Packers are going to keep him or if they're going to lean to get a quarterback. What were your thoughts uh, on this no, one they- uh, Jordan Love is the future. Jordan Love is your franchise quarterback. Fuck if you're yeah. a Green Bay Packers fan, you are waking up this morning with with morning wood, and it's not going to go away <laughs> probably until probably until Sunday. Jordan Love is the truth. He has looked incredible these last three games, and he's shown flashes of it. Right? I mean, he started the first couple of games this year. He looked pretty good. They went. They they had a bit of a, a really brutal stretch, sort of mid season. And looking back, you can't really fully blame him. Like I think, like from week four to week seven, like Aaron Jones was really banged up, missed a bunch of games. Christian Watson clearly wasn't healthy until a couple of weeks ago. So again, and within that, there's still some, there was some poor decision-making by Jordan Love. He didn't look as, you know, elite, dare I say, as he's looked in recent weeks. But like, I think when you, when you sort of look at the totality of their season thus far, you can give him a bit of a pass for some of those clunkers. Dude, the last three weeks, he has looked like a top six quarterback in the NFL. The three and no in their last three games, they beat the Chargers, they beat Detroit in Detroit on Thanksgiving, and then a massive Sunday night win against the Chiefs last night. In those three games, he's giving you 286 yards a game, eight touchdowns, zero picks. The future is bright in Green Bay. And then you got to give some credit to the defense as well. I think, like right now, they've got, I think, nine first round picks over the last two, three years that are on their defense, where Sean Gary is, is a demon. They've, like, this pass rush has really turned up the juice the last couple of weeks. And again, they're doing this without arguably their, their their best player on defense Jair Alexander who's been non-existent this year he's played a few games but even the games he played he was he hasn't been effective you know he's been battling an injury all year and then you look at the Packers they're sitting at six and six and they go this is their this is their schedule the rest of the season against your Giants uh on Monday which sorry Tommy DeVito but I do <laughs> think the the magic comes to an end you're gonna get destroyed prime time under the, though Prime time they under, play the Gi- they play prime time under they play the Giants they play the Bucks they play the Panthers they play the Vikings they play the Bears they could win out like the 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 Packers could be could be sitting here at what at you know twelve at dare I say uh, eleven and six Sorry, it took me a second to do some math the, the Packers could be sitting at eleven and six the Packers are going to the NFL playoffs they're probably going to get the last wild card spot in the NFC. Uh, and they're going to come in as one of the hottest teams, one of the most confident teams in one of the most confident teams in football. 
Uh, and I just think they're one of those teams where the, the NFL is just more fun when when the Packers are involved. Like in the in the in the NBA, I'm not by no means am I equating these two teams, but like in the NBA, I'm I'm not a Knicks fan, but I think it's just it's good for the it's good for the NBA when the Knicks are solid and you're getting you're getting playoff games at Madison Square Garden. I, I think the pack the Packers are one of those teams where it just it's just good it's just good for NFL hygiene if the Green Bay Packers are decent, if good things are happening in Lambeau, and you're looking at a playoff team here led by franchise quarterback Jordan Love things are looking up in Green Bay they are and it's very good to see a guy that we've been on for like honestly the last couple of years in the podcast finally get his like due diligence I was laughing audibly looking at Twitter because there's like people like different accounts from NFC North coming out like we have to deal with this bullshit these guys are the next Patrick Mahomes so good to see good on him AJ Dillon had a hell of a game too like as much as Jordan Love was doing his thing he kept that train moving as well and the Green Bay Packers defense looked legit like they were getting to Pat, like not like getting to Pat Mahomes, making him uncomfortable. Um, I think like we were kind of, I mean, for team success wise, really sleeping on the Packers, especially because you were talking about the stretch when they play without uh, Aaron Jones and nothing going to get done without Aaron Jones. But they looked like there was games where we were just calling them shit and stuff like that. We were kind of hoping for Jordan Love to come around, but we were sleeping on the team makeup of this team and seeing Christian Watson get off. Romeo Dobbs had a good game as well. Like these are two pieces we've been waiting to have especially Christian Watson earlier this year, waiting to really come around. And that was more of the thing with that valuation of Jordan Love. Like, okay, when these two guys are playing how we think they can, it's going to be a whole different story. And I also want to give kind of a, a good credit to Matt LaFleur because this isn't also a very easy team to coach up and get moving like this. He has also played a huge piece. And I think with everyone trying to give credit to Jordan Love, Jordan Love he's gotten lost as well. So shout out to Matt LaFleur. Shout out to the Packers. It's really good to see y'all get moving. I was 16 very... and 0. Matt LaFleur, 16 and 0 career in the month of December. That's just Damn. Crazy stat. Yeah, it's a crazy a stat. Yo, I, I wonder I, I just I wonder if more teams are gonna look at the Packers and and, and attempt to to replicate their, their QB strategy, right? Because they clearly have done it differently than seemingly every other every other team that has drafted quarterbacks over the last decade, right? Like they did the same thing with Rodgers. They drafted they drafted Rodgers, they, they he sat on ice behind far for a couple of years, and then you know, he finally when the reins were turned over to him, he was like 26, 27 years old at the time. I think Love's 24, he got it a little younger, but he sat behind Rodgers for a few years and that is just so you know counterintuitive to to what you've seen in the nfl the last couple of years like you know it's easier said than done to like have a franchise quarterback and also go draft the the, the next guy to be to be ready when when his time is called here but like you know you look at what's happening to like guys like bryce young who were getting drafted and then immediately thrown into poor situations and it's just that you know you don't know what it does to their confidence and their psyche and you know when again there's a lot of things out of their control their offensive line stinks they don't have any weapons yeah but like you're still looking terrible and it's it's you know it's hard to rally the fan base around that the packers have done it differently and you know to like it's just hard to believe that like there hasn't ever really been a time in in my lifetime where the packers haven't had a at worst good quarterback and Jordan Love may may be better than maybe better than just good, but they're doing they've done it differently, and you you have to wonder if if teams start to rethink how they go about their their quarterback development because clearly the Packers are very good at two things they are good at one spotting the the the, the quarterback of the future and their 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 scouting is great and then their QB development is unlike anything we've ever seen so shout out to the Packers and and their way of going about it I know they've gotten trashed for what they've done in the draft. They never gave Rodgers any weapons and yada, yada, yada. You know what? You can't get everything right. You're getting the quarterbacks right, and you're developing developing them at a rate that other teams aren't doing. So, you know, not a lot of people will ever say it, but shout out to the Packers front office, I guess, because they're doing something right over there. Yeah. Nah, you're right. And a quick point I'll make, the two QBs that I think are going to run the NFC for the next couple of years, Hurts and, and Jordan Love, 
two QBs that were drafted where people thought it was early and there was a little bit of uproar and two QBs that sat at least a year. So, I mean, hopefully in this like microwave society where we're seeing quarterbacks have to be good in year one and year two, hopefully we do see that trend go down. Well, it's way. very important to say, too, with that quarterback position, if you can get that right, then like good things will come. I want to quickly get your opinion here on that uh, non-pass interference call at the end of that game. Was that P.I.? It was a big factor. I know it was only eight points. So, P.I. <laughs> like, I, I think yeah. it was, in my opinion. I think it was on him. I think the, the Chiefs, in that moment, maybe this is me being biased for my Travis Kelsey ticket. I think in that moment, you're going to Travis Kelsey there. You know, you have first and goal right there. I think I'm getting my cash. God fucking damn it. But what are your thoughts? <laughs> I, I mean, it was, I mean, look, it was, it was clearly blatant. I think the, the one thing that maybe just took the sting out of it a little bit was the officiating was abysmal on, bo- on both sides of the ball here. Now... That MVS tackle was far and away the the worst call and probably the most impactful one. But you know, you forget this happened in you know this happened in real time, like eighty seconds after the late hit on Mahomes. That was that was clean as day. And I think I tweeted out right afterwards, just like I I have no idea what a catch is. I have no idea what a late hit is. I have no idea what intentional grounding is. Like I just no clue. I, I have no idea. Like the fact that they threw the flag because somebody tweeted out like uh, just like a side by side video of the late hit on Patrick, the late hit on Patrick Mahomes that was that was called a penalty, and then side by side with the hit on Herbert, I think from last week where he got absolutely dump trucked five yards out of bounds and no flag was thrown. Like I, I just I have no idea, man. So like Mahomes, there shouldn't have been a flag on the Mahomes play. There absolutely should have been a flag on on the pass to MVS, and then. You know, less important, but still very important in the moment. Even like the out of bounds call, it was yeah. a pass. I forget, I forget who, I forget who caught the pass and essentially got picked up and carried back a yard out of bounds. And then the chick ref walked over and and, mar- and marked him out. Like, no disrespect, I don't, I don't think she knew the rule because it, it's, it wasn't like bang bang. It wasn't like oh, like eh, it was forward progress or not. Like he got thrown back three yards. And it's right in front of the Packers bench, and their entire sideline is trying to wind the clock yeah. there, and they and they and they stopped the clock and saved them like ten seconds. So it ended up not mattering, but it was three like incomprehensibly bad calls in the span of like a hundred and twenty real life seconds. It was just a really really poor showing from the officiating. It was just a microcosm of the NFL officiating the entire year jammed into into you know one prime time moment. So. Uh, shout out to the refs. You're keeping the games entertaining. We have no idea what you're doing, and uh, you know, good luck out there. And it's gonna. It's funny just seeing like Chiefs social media because they're like, "Oh, the refs are out to get us. The refs want us to lose." But we've seen time and time again this year where the Chiefs have won games by calls that have actually gone in their favor. Let's oh, go yeah. back to the Jet, the Jets game the and that that, that play with Patrick Mahomes at the end. There. Like, re- oh, this is classic overreaction Monday. But if you had to win a game right now, do you want Jordan Love or you want Justin Herbert? Oh God! Uh, I'm gonna still go with Herbo. I'm gonna still go with Herbo, but I love the question being raised, and I love I love that Jordan Love's making us raise that question. I'm I'm biased, but like I'm biased because I had sorry I had some uh, HDMI shit going on here. Um, I'm a little biased because I have been on the Burrow is better than Herbert train since 2021, so I'm gonna go with Jordan Love and stick to my gut. You know, you might not be wrong. I think Barrow is definitely better than yeah, I, you. Yeah, yeah. Does Does Herbert stink? I, I, <laughs> is it does also Herbert the situation stink? he's he's I'm in? I'm not ready though. for that. Like, I'm not ready for that. I think I think Herbert I think Herbert in a non loser situation. I'm ready to see him in a non loser situation. But just so all the tools are there, and we've seen it too many times with him, and we've seen him 
lead them down in situations to be able to win games when he's literally his coaches literally try to have him lose. So I'm not ready for that. And I, I mean, do you, you the, the, Herbert's numbers over the last three years when he doesn't have both Keenan Allen or Mike Williams are, are bad. Like he is a he is a below average quarterback without a fully healthy Keenan Allen or Mike Williams and. You can make excuses for him, but at, at, at the same time, you're looking at the Packers, and Jordan Love's doing this with Dontavian Wicks, a, a banged-up Jordan Reed, the backup rookie tight end, Tucker Craft, uh, a hobbled Christian Watson, and Romeo Dupes. Like, it, it, he's he's not lining up with – he doesn't have Calvin Johnson on the outside here. I mean, like, it's – like, no disrespect to those, to those Packers' weapons, but it's like – you're not looking at this roster and going, okay, yeah, Jordan Love's playing good, but, like, look at the help he has. Like, right. no, this team is playing well because Jordan Love is playing out of his fucking mind. Well, let's talk about a team that uh, and a quarterback that does have plenty of help on the outside. The Dolphins and Tyreek Hill, again, another win of more and more points for this team, 45-15, to 15, absolute <laughs> annihilation of the commanders we've seen like game in and game out with this team, especially out of the Dolphins, they play it like a Mike McDaniel. Just he he coaches it like a college team. It's we are not playing for. We're gonna be respectful of the game. We're gonna run the points up. We're gonna show you that we're the best team in the NFL. We're gonna show you that we have a a best offense in the NFL. Uh, we're gonna shove it down your throats. Where in a game here where Tyreek Hill is is proving is it Tyreek Hill being the best on this team? Or is it Tua, the one that's throwing him the ball that's the best team here and then the best guy on this team? Uh, I'm happy to see Devon A-Chain. Am I saying it right? Is A-Chain? Is A-Chain? He changed his name. Who the fuck knows? Two touchdowns on my fantasy team this week. Uh, just a fun one here in a sloppy weather, rainy game here in Washington. We knew that the, the commanders had no chance. But when are we going to start learning that we just take the Dolphins to cover whatever spread it is every single week? How have I not just done it? It's nine and a half. It's 12 and a half. It's 13 and a half. Who cares? Just take it. They're going to win by 25 every week. What do you got, Kenny? Is Tyreek Hill the MVP? I think so. And that's like, hard to say. Is Tyreek Hill is, is maybe the best player I've ever seen. I, it's <laughs> Watching him is is so much goddamn fun, dude. And it just, it's just everything, right? Like, his route running is superb. He's the fastest guy in the entire world. His hands are insane. He's strong as shit. And I think what's what's just what's even more impressive, man, is just his his ball tracking. Like on these deep balls, Tua is just throwing it up there. Like it's like that one meme, like F it, Tyreek down there somewhere. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna launch it. Like that that second one he caught, he had to he had to I think he, he had to turn to his to his back right shoulder kind of at the last minute and ball was in the breadbasket. He just he is impossible to to defend. Like there's just there's just nothing you can do. I mean, just these are these are Madden video game stat lines here five for 157 and two nine for 102 and a touchdown 11 for 146 and a touchdown eight for 112 and a touchdown 11 for 88 and a touchdown six for 163 and a touchdown eight for 189 and a touchdown and those are just in his last seven games like what the fuck are we talking about this dude is <laughs> next level good and look i i think the top of the mvp race right now is just it's just muddied right like i think brock purdy definitely took a huge step last night with 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 the massive win in Philly. So right now, you've got Purdy, Hertz, and Dak all with relatively even odds across the board. And I wonder if they just like if if they almost just cannibalize each other just a little bit and Tyreek Hill creeps in and back doors this. I mean if Tyreek Hill finishes, he's gonna he's gonna finish with two thousand receiving yards. He's gonna go way over that. If he finishes this year with like hundred and forty catches, twenty two hundred receiving yards and sixteen touchdowns, how is he not the MVP? No, I we need agree. to beat the quarterback allegations. That it's like yeah. we like it's, is this finally the year that we beat the quarterback this, MVP allegations? It's, it's the perfect year because all those three guys he named, like 
there's going to be major issues with any of those guys they win the MVP. And I think Tyreek Hill might be the one that, like, the people's MVP. Like, everyone was like, yeah, let's get behind this one. Like, we've seen legit my career numbers from Tyreek Hill every single week. And I want to give him a shout-out, too, because he, he had his boys back. I don't know if you saw the guy who did the content for him got kicked out of the fucking league, which is insane. So good to see him get his get yeah, back he, on him. I don't know if you he saw won't that be the people's MVP. Did you see that he paid him? He, he's paying his salary for the rest of the year. Like it was a, 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 a his like videographer and he from doing and the the. He'll be. And all I that. think. I think he'll be back too. Like yeah. the NFL clearly got that wrong, and there was just an, a a social media social media upheaval on that. Tyreek Tyreek's in a yo. He'll get his boy right, but I think the 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 NFL will do right. Well, by I think that I kid. saw your tweet too because I think you you had tweeted out saying like, well, the NFL used the damn clip. clip. Like. So how can you fire the guy that was filming it when you used it? That makes no sense. And, just, and think about it, right? It's like, okay, you're a you're you're a photographer, you're official photographer for an for an NFL team. His his you're paying him money to create content around the team that he's covering. The most electrifying player on his team, and far and away the most electri- electrifying player in the NFL, does the coolest thing ever. And we're gonna punish the guy for it? Like, what the hell are we talking about, yeah. man? It's 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 crazy town. I think the best comparison to Tyreek, right? It's like you know, is it is it finally the end? Hi, Mooney. <laughs> Tyreek should be the MVP. Mooney knows it. Um, like the, the the best comparison we have is is Cooper Cup back in in 2021. So yeah. Cooper Cup finished that year. He had 145 catches, 1900 receiving yards, and 16 touchdowns. I mean, again, video, video game numbers. He did not win it. That he did not win the MVP that year. Tyreek is gonna blow out all three of those numbers by by a lot so i i think this is open I, i'm i'm probably the second we hang up here i'm gonna go i'm gonna shop this around a little bit but i i really do think if if the if the season ended today if the season ended right this moment i think you have a really hard time picking between hertz Dak, and purdy and you just give it to tyreek and you're getting tyreek at 2000 on fanduel right now i want to oh. shop around and see where it is but i i, I think this is shaping up for like the, the Niners winning last night and Purdy playing really well last night, I think opened the door for, for Tyreek Hill because I think the other quarterbacks are going to just wash each other out. And I, I just I don't know how you keep Tyreek out of the conversation if he finishes if he finishes with with the pace he's currently on. So Tyreek Hill MVP might be uh, might be a play. I'm definitely eager to see Let's the shopping it, on that because Let's you found you, you did have the, the really good shout on the Aaron Rodgers uh, comeback player of the year. I'm I know that's that very too. tough oh. now, but you were getting some backlash on Twitter from some of the other cappers out there. Why would it be Aaron Rodgers? Why would it be Aaron Rodgers? I think you got unbelievable odds at the moment in time that you took that. And here, again, we're about to see something very similar, except it's on the MVP side where we're trying to beat the quarterback allegations and have it be a wide receiver or someone else that's uh, not the like the, the the first comparison you would make right it's like okay uh i think you're not comparing him to quarterbacks you're gonna you would compare him to like mccaffrey like all right who's the best other non-quarterback here because i know mccaffrey mvp had some steam early in the year like mm-hmm. tyreek has outplayed mccaffrey by a by a lot it, i yeah. i i i, I, g- I generally believe that i mean you you take tyreek out of this dolphins offense and they are they're they're nothing um so i i you know i'm i'm curious to see sort of where this number goes in the coming weeks but Tyreek at 2,000 for MVP right now. I think this is the highest you're going to see it unless one of the other quarterbacks runs away with it in the coming weeks. Like, you know, this 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 Eagles-Cowboys game is going to be very telling. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if either one of the if either one of these teams smokes the other team, that quarterback will be the favorite to win the MVP, no doubt. But again, I think Tyreek at 2,000 here, I, I think is almost shaping up to be the, the, the easy pick for, you know, for whoever decides MVP if these other quarterbacks are all just too close. Because he's going to break every single record, and I, I, I just think 
like it's it's almost disrespectful the lot of the 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 lack of chatter on Tyreek because it's almost just assumed oh he's really fast this Dolphins offense is a juggernaut like up oh, Tyreek had five for 170 and two touchdowns again like we're normalizing this like this is this is the most electrifying wide receiver like we've ever seen and uh I think he's gonna get his flowers well I saw um I saw this week I saw a clip of wide receiver Dolphins wide receiver coach Wes Welker talking about Tyreek Hill and he's saying that even though you know Randy Moss is this Randy Moss is that I think from working with Tyreek and being his coach in the wide receiver position in the wide receiver room he has a better route tree than Randy Moss. I'm curious if you are in agreement with that or disagreement with that. We know both both longtime Patriots. So I don't know if Wes Welker is – he might be in, in a better position than most to actually give that opinion, being both wide receivers for a long tenured of time uh, in New England. But I don't know. I, it rubbed people uh, the wrong way. I can't, think, I, I, I can't come on here and disrespect the GOAT that is Randy Moss by, by any stretch. But, you know, I, just to go back to McCaffrey, I'll say this. If you had to pick a player right now to just add to your roster, you know, your team, we're the Eagles. Would you rather have McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill? I think right now I think I'd rather have Tyreek Hill. I, 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 think, I think he gives your offense more. I think the deep, I think, and I think it's, it's tougher on the defense, I think, to just game plan around Tyreek than McCaffrey because he just he opens up everything. I, it, it's like the if he gets the ball in space, you know it's six. And even... You, you triple team him and he's still doing it. So I think Tyreek is is the best offensive player in the game right now. And uh, I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. Well, what does most value, what, what does MVP stand for, right? Most, most valuable player. Valuable Last player. time I checked. Last time I checked, most valuable player. If you were to take Tyreek Hill off of this team and off of this roster, what's their record? Are they still the nine, nine and three? Without those numbers, 157 and two touchdowns yesterday? I mean, if that doesn't prove enough, then I don't know what the definition of most valuable player is. I think he's the runaway MVP if the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl last year. And that's that sounds really bizarre, but I think I think a lot of this is like, okay, well, Tyreek left the Chiefs, and they went back and they won the Super Bowl, so like how how valuable was he? Well, the Chiefs were still a wagon. I mean, the, the Patrick Mahomes is, is the best quarterback we're ever going to see in our lifetime. Yeah, tra- yeah, you have prime Travis Kelsey. They still have plenty of weapons last year. Their defense was elite last year. And I do. I, I think the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl without him, I think, has just it, – it, it watered down his his, his the, the, just his, the perception of him as a player just 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 slightly. Uh, and, I, and I think it's been just incorrect and disingenuous. And I think he's showing people this year, look, I am the best offensive player, non-quarterback in the NFL right now. And, again, I, I just – I don't know how you keep him out of the conversation if he finishes the year with 2,000-plus receiving yards, which is going to hit with ease and, like, 18 touchdowns. So let's see how they – let's see how they finish. You, you do wonder, right – like in this game, the Dolphins won forty-five, fifteen. They could have hung seventy if they felt like Again. it. They, they, took, they took the foot off the gas in the second half. They they they, they let A chain get get some late burn here. But you do wonder if maybe in the last couple of weeks of the year, if this MVP race is close, maybe McDaniel doesn't pull the foot off the gas. You let Tyreek pad the stats a little bit because if they, like all it's going to take if, if Tyreek next week goes out for ten catches, two twenty and two touchdowns, which he could have done easily yesterday. I think this MVP conversation is a little different. So I do wonder if McDaniel is a bit of a player's coach and uh, and in games like this down the stretch, if he force feeds Tyreek, just a few extra touches, boost the boost the resume a little bit because it'd be very easy to do it. This offense can do whatever they want. And uh, I, again, I, I think I think there's going to be some steam on Tyreek Hill down the stretch here if McDaniel keeps feeding them. Well, if you're shopping the lines and you're right about Mike being a player's coach, we're fucking tailing. Uh, we better hope he's a player as coach. Uh, that's all we got for you today on this post-Monday 
uh, overreaction Monday, as they call it on the Pat McAfee show, uh, with a post week 13. Thanks for joining us in week 13. Can't wait to see you on week 14. And Mooney, Shut thanks, up, Mooney. thanks <laughs> for the introduction. Great to finally see you. Great to meet you, buddy. Nah, he, he's, he's out. Peace guys. Happy Monday as always go birds. Anyway, it's, it's all good. And just, I, I feel like it needs to be said one more time because 49ers fans wouldn't do this. And this is the difference between us and them. Hey, Niners, good game. You up their ass. Uh, enjoy your Super Bowl win in week 12 or 13 or the fuck it was because that's all you're getting. Well said. Well, well said. Ladies and gentlemen, founder and CEO of the Moonshot, our Monday guy, Kenny McAndrews. Thank you, sir. See you next week, baby. Peace, fellas. All right, let's keep it rolling here in this week 13. I'm getting the let's numbers get right. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to drop a like, comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Scroll to the bottom, hit those ratings. They do help us a long, long way. Keeping it moving here in week 13, the Lions visiting the Saints mm. in the Superdome. Mm. And what happens? 33-28 uh, for the Lions. Off to an insanely hot start. Jared Goff, Amon Ra, Gibbs, all looking incredible early on in this Facts. game. Out to a very big lead. And it all comes crashing down. Derek Carr trying to fight it, put his team back in it. He gets absolutely lit up on that roughing the passer call. We have to see Jameis Winston come in. Taysom Hill doing everything he can in this game. One thing I wanted to make notice here is Taysom Hill was cheered running onto the field. And Derek Derek, uh, Carr was booed every time he ran onto the field. This franchise these fans they have something against Derek Carr and we saw towards the end of his tenure in uh, Las Vegas in Oakland well <laughs> those fans had the same type of feelings that these Saints fans are but you got to give some credit the Lions after a disappointing loss uh, they came on Thanksgiving they came back pissed off they came back hungry they hung a 33 spot here on the Saints yeah don't nobody like Derek Carr and I, I think it, people for the mistakes that he gives you people hate seeing a product that is painfully average to balance out the mistakes. Uh, good win for the Lions, though. Especially the, the loss that we took when we talk about home field implications. They came out with something to prove in the first quarter. This was an over-train. It's kind of funny the last two weeks we see Sam Laporta go off like this because three weeks ago he sold the fuck out of him. He couldn't get 25 yards, and now he's like 190 in a tud and shit like this. Also, Kenny pointed out Jamison Williams a couple weeks ago, and every single win now he seems to have that big touchdown. Like Not even like he's going off, just that big touchdown play. Good to see Jameis out there again. Jameis almost leads another comeback. And, of course, it's like a tip ball to Chris Olave that keeps it moving. Also, something about the Saints, which we, we talked about Taysom Hill before, but it's actually crazy how much he, like, bridges the gap. Like, when there's an injury or something, like, the game's, like, a little, like, messy and fucked up. Like, he's just always bridging the gap and, like, keeping shit stable. He's like a reliever in the MLB. Like, keeps him fucking stabilized. Shout out Taysom Hill. You will get a gold jacket one day. Let's keep it pushing. Fuck yeah, bro. It was, it, was, it was a fun. Last thing I'll say on that is it was a, a, a fun watch for him yesterday. Picked him up in one of the leagues to, to put in for a backup Ooh, big yes, day. But yes. what, what it was, like, not even alarming, just it, it stuck out to me was the broadcast kept talking about when Taysom Hill kept coming out of the game in on the two-yard line, on the three-yard line, because he got stuffed once. They don't want to go right back to him. They want to give it to Kamara. And they're like, the announcers are going crazy. And they're like, why would you leave Taysom Hill in this situation? You, you got basically a, a, a 6'4", 6'5", 260 tight end running. Give it to him. Every what time. are you doing? Touch push him. To, yeah, facts. Put, touch push him. All right. Uh, another one I want to touch on here again. This is clothing. Closing thoughts. I'm going to get better at that. Closing thoughts from last week. Touching on a, a few of the games here to close out your week 13 and our week 13. Big one here. The Texans. They get a home game. Where did that game go and why did I lose that game? Down, down, down. 
Texans get a home game. Here we are. 22 to 17. A nail biter finish for the Texas the Texans money line betters like myself. Mm -hmm. Trying to knock off the Broncos from this immaculate five game win streak. They do just that. 22 17. Russell Wilson deep in the game. Very, very clutch plays, using his legs, getting first downs, making it first and goal with time and seconds remaining on the clock. Multiple throws had to be thrown out of the back of the end zone. They could not find that connection. But you got to give some credit to the Texans' defense. They played hard. C.J. Stroud not getting, not letting any shit from Alex Singleton. Um, this is just a, this is a fun one. We gotta we gotta throw some respect and some prayers up to Tank Dell and that broken fibula that will be uh, sidelining him for the rest of the year. That connection is gone. But what connection is staying and not going anywhere is that connection with Nico Collins. Huge, outstanding day. This was one of my funnest games. I know that's not a word. Funnest games that I watched on the slate yesterday. No, absolutely. And the Texans have been one of those teams for us. And, like, you know, we love regular season playoff games. And the AFC and that wild card race, I don't know if we've been keeping track of it, but there's, like, literally a 6-17 race. This was 100% a regular season playoff game. And it's good to see CJ Stroud win these gritty games. Like, I like him talking shit to Alex Singleton. They put him in concussion protocol. He, like, went to the tent during the game, came back in, still fighting and battling. Crazy to see as well, like, we're seeing vintage Russell Wilson out here, man. Like, making moves with his legs. That one pass he had in the corner of the end zone to, to uh, Cortland Sutton, he literally could have threw that into a trash can if he wanted to. That was an absolute dot. And these teams are just exchanging blows back and forth the whole game. One thing I'll point out, especially that hasn't got a lot of light because of C.J. Stroud this year, is that Houston Texans secondary. Derek Stingley, Jimmy Ward, and Desmond King out of Iowa, they've been locking shit down. And the two picks by Derek Stingley literally won in the game. I don't think if he gets those, we know Jimmy Ward got the one at the end, but the but the plays by Derek Stingley throughout the game were just absolutely saving the Texans. And this team, like, as much as it's C.J. Stroud and we see Damian Pierce, and I, I, I like how we were talking about how they have to get running the ball and how much that's helped them throughout the year and Tank Dell and all these guys. Miko Ryan's being able to build like a defensive roughhouse physical culture in Houston is something that's going to be something to watch over the next couple of years. And as much as it's going to be Cedar Stroud, this offense that we're flying around, I think it's, they're building like a uh, a 49ers X team where it's like the show on turf on one side, then like the 85 Bears on the other side. So I like what they're doing <laughs> down in Houston. We know we're big fans. Good to see Russell Wilson doing this thing. And uh, we got to get Jerry Judy moving in the beginning of the games more. He was like a, a non-factor like the second, third quarter. So it's like something to look out for as well. I agree. We still have to show some light, too, on uh, what Sean Payton is doing. I yeah. mean, six games. We yeah. got five wins. In a row. <laughs> and we're turning, like, Russell Wilson into this confident guy like he was. I got my swagger back. Yeah. So maybe that's the case. Maybe some credit has, has too little, too needs late, to be bro, had. 100%. Too little, too late. We were also very uh, hard on Sean and Russell yeah, okay. early we on no, in the I like, season. Yeah, I like that. So, <laughs> like um, we'll, 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 t we'll, take the, uh, we'll take that on the chin there. Uh, big one here as I clap my hands. The Rams 36-19 over the Browns at home. I had Kyron Williams to score yesterday, and he did just that. Thank you, sir. We, ha we saw Puka Nakua go out. The the remaining questions, the remaining outliers from every single week in these past this past month of football for this Los Angeles Rams team is where the fuck is Cooper Cup and when is he going to get involved? He finally gets in the end zone, six catches on the day. Obviously, the yards were not the Cooper esque Cup that we've seen in years prior, but good to finally get back on the offense. Did it really take Puka going out of this game for Cup to get involved? My question only as a fantasy user. Yeah. I had him on the bench this week, yeah. and even though, you know, I, I could have started him for those 15 points, it's very alarming that we still aren't seeing those Cooper Cup outlier standout games 
80 yards, 100 yards, and a score. There's something going on there. Um, but again, this Browns defense, we talked about it last week, letting up 29 to the Broncos. Now you let up 36 back-to-back weeks. Hell of a lot of points going up on this Browns defense that we've all so called talked uh, crazy about in, in this uh, you know beginning and middle of the season. But uh, hey, shout out Joe Flacco. You old man, you got in there and you played a good game. You get to see Joe Flacco play football. <laughs> and we all, I know it's funny because everybody, when he's like, when they, when these guys, like these late 30, early 40 some guys, when they go on the podcast and talk bad about the current crop of quarterbacks, I wonder, what would you do if you hopped off the couch and hopped in a game? Joe Flacco answered the question for all his midlife crisis folks standing with him in the corner. We could still toss that football around a little bit. He looked good when that game was close. He really did. And I think Kenny was 100% right about the Browns team. They're done. You know what I mean? I think when we Dead to rights. when we talk about that defense, I think they were kind of checked out when it came to the point where we had to put everything into this when it's DTR time and DTR gets smacked. Like they were just they were just done. Puka Nakua, locklist Hall of Famer. I mean, I'm gonna say locklist first first team all locklist for this year. I'll say first team all locklist. Our first lock for it, 100 yards again. I mean, and to answer your question, yes, Cooper Cup fantasy owners, I'm very sorry, but Puka Nakua just absolutely ruined you guys' year. But welcome to the locklist first team, Puka. Yeah, there you go. And Thielen was one of those guys. Unfortunately, that didn't go there. We will go there. Maybe second team. We will go there after we briefly touch on the absolute shit show in Foxborough, Massachusetts yesterday, where a rainy, cold, ugly weather game ends in a 6-0 shutout for the Chargers. The Patriots, unbelievable. Is Bill Belichick's time as a New England Patriot coming to an end? There's a stat here from NFL on CBS on Twitter. The Patriots are the first team since 1938 to lose three straight games where they have allowed 10 points or fewer. And it does say in this tweet as well, yep, 1938. Unreal. I think, Bill, your time is done. I don't know how we can talk any um, you know, any more about this Patriots team and Mac Jones and the quarterback room and everything else going along on, and on this roster here. Let's touch on the game real quick here. There was 15 punts in this game. It was punt, 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 fumble, punt, 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 interception, punt, punt, punt. What a just ugly game. I don't know who is buying tickets. I, I feel bad for you season ticket holders in Foxborough. What a mess. I, I can't believe I, I'm a, I would be a Patriots fan watching this absolute shit show that is on my field that I'm paying for every fucking Sunday. Oh, my goodness, man. Like, we... I we I I get frustrated and I've been talking about it myself about how bad the NFL product has been this year, but this is one of those fucking games. I'm so sorry. Listen, if you're if you're one of those people that your team was invest your your team investment in this game, if you were gambling gambling investment in this game, I'm sorry. I mean that's just three hours four hours you can't get back. This game was dog shit. Feel bad for Bill Belichick. I think it. I think he. Um, People are going to call. I think he's going to have like a Greg Popovich arc. You know what I'm saying? People are going to call for him. Like, ah, he looks stressed out. Time for him to go away. And I think the Patriots are going to be able to finesse somehow, some way to get their quarterback in one of these next one or two drafts, and they'll revive Bill Belichick. He'll come back. I don't think he's done yet. I, You know, I keep seeing. I think it was Caps Off uh, podcast. Shout out them. I think I saw them on there saying, uh, you know, Belichick to the Chargers. Um, I would love to see something like that change locations type you know, thing. But I, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's like that. Maybe he's not open to doing I, I don't that. know if he's like that. I think he, you know what I mean. All right. Um. I don't know. We we'll get a couple more here. Just closing thoughts here on week thirteen. The Buccaneers hosting a divisional matchup. Now the one and eleven Carolina Panthers. I did have a big same game parlay in this in this uh, game, and we're gonna break it down ever so slightly for each and every one of you. The I had the Bucks money line. 
paired with Mike Evans for over 69.5 yards and a touchdown. We also had over 54.5 yards for Rashad White and a touchdown. Uh, and the, the lonesome on this was Adam Thielen over 5.5 receptions. And the bet was a $50 free bet for 1900 And, boy, I, I picked out this lay without Adam Thielen in there. And I just uh, just should have left it like that. Sometimes you just turn into a greedy sack of shit sometimes. You do. But I wanted to highlight this game because of that. I also just, this was like a Mike Evans-esque game. Yep. It's, you know, it's a ugly Panthers team. Why are we not going to go deep to Mike Evans? If I, I was on ESPN bet, so they weren't allowing like the, the 100 alternate uh, yards. But the most they gave was 69 and a half. I had a feeling he was going for 100 and a touchdown. Would have done that on Fando, but, you know, whatever. Um the first like first catch of the game for him or second catch of the game for him was a 40-yard catch and just bomb. So, uh that was fun. Uh you know, Buccaneers go to 5 and 7. That division is just hilarious at this point. It is like who wants to play shittier games and get wins to somehow like take this division. Um but yeah, like good one. Good job. 18 points from the Panthers. You actually kept it within a field goal. Yeah. Good job, but not enough. Yeah, we're about to see a fire sale on that Panthers uh, in that Panthers staff room, Good too. We're God, about to see man. a lot of changes, a lot of new faces. I assume new coaches are everywhere. Um, Mike Evans breaks a record. Most touchdowns versus one team. And like I said, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I think he, that boy needs to get his gold jacket after this year. I think he solidified his gold jacket status. He's one of them ones. Um, hopefully, this is one of those games. Sorry, Bryce. You know what I mean? Another game. Like we just not, we're not gonna be able to get to see what we want to see from you. Would have benefited too much from being able to sit down. As we close this show, besides the game, I have a couple ideas I want to ask you. First and foremost, should we do season awards, like a week seventeen season awards? We do like a little lock list, maybe like coach of the year, worst like worst little idea thing. Do a little something like that. Hell yeah, that'd be a good idea because we had him in the lock list. He's letting us down. He's letting us down. Can't be doing that. And so I think, I think people he was a there, first team lock. He get promoted to second team. He might not even sec- make second yeah, team. Yeah, he might not make second team after three three catches for twenty five nah. yards, and we need him for six. God damn it! <laughs> Sorry for your eardrums, people. Um, yeah, and I think the like people like listening, and watching will be able to like kind of attach to something like that. Yeah. How how did our picks do? Yeah. Or like things like that. So definitely, as we come down to the stretch, we can definitely get that plan. Oh, and also, um, can you just take a look at that standings tab? And then when we go to AFC and we talk about home field in the AFC, right. there are some results that were very, very, very important. Um, I'm pretty sure there's like a home field tie between the Dolphins, Ravens, and the Jaguars. And the Dolphins and the Ravens play late in December. I'm pretty sure they play a Week 16 matchup. I don't know who the Jaguars have, but just a closing thought, that Dolphins-Ravens matchup might allow the Jaguars to have home field. And if you have to go through Duval... To get to the chip, <laughs> we might have some seeds going on. That's their that's their um, New Year's Eve game is Miami in Baltimore. Oh man, Miami in Baltimore on New Year's Eve. Might be for home few. Um, get your what are they saying a time on this? One p.m. It's gonna get flushed. I hope. We're gonna start drinking super early on New yeah, Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, One p.m. for this Dolphins <laughs> uh, yeah. and Ravens game in Baltimore. It's gonna be cold. Can the uh, Ooh, the Miami boys be hammering the Ravens? Ooh, it's gonna be cold out that bitch. And uh, I, I would like to see what the over under is in that game because I might be taking the under. under. Um, and uh, yeah, you said you want to just check on this these Jags Jacksonville Jaguars real quick. If they can win out. That. If they can win out, someone has to lose that game. They can get home field, and it looks like they can win out. <laughs> so okay, oh they go Ravens. All right, so for the 
Jacksonville Jaguars remaining schedule. You start on December 4th against home against the Bengals. Then you go in Cleveland, then back home against the Ravens, then in Tampa against the Bucks, then back home for the Panthers, and you close the season January 7th in Tennessee against the Titans. So we have some monster December AFC matchups. Possibly can give this. Let's just say it, it works so smoothly for them and will give them the Ravens. So the Ravens lose. The, 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 the Jacksonville Jaguars lose to the Ravens. We give the Ravens that win. That would put them at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 1 to end the last six games, making them. There would be a three-way tie for home field. You'd happens. be thirteen and four for the Jacksonville Jaguars. If, if they if they do that and the Ravens beat the Dolphins and the Dolphins went out, you'd see a three way tie for home field. Could get crazy down the AFC. Hey, and I think if if home field ends up being in Miami, it's almost like a Nolan Void. Like it doesn't it doesn't really matter because those teams are going to travel. So I think it really has to be in Baltimore or Jacksonville to see a true advantage. It's going to be real interesting to see how this plays out down the stretch. It's a hell of a point there as we close our week 13 thank you all for joining us in this fantastic week 13 uh, not a victory monday for the guys here no, but my sadly, team was on a bye so sadly. i couldn't win and i could not lose either that was good for us if you did watch this episode on youtube make sure to drop a like comment and do not forget to hit that subscribe button and our apple podcast and spotify listeners all you have to do is scroll to the bottom drop those ratings they do mean a lot to us if you want to connect with us on our social media platforms please be sure to shoot please be sure to do so as well our twitter is at ADED podcast our Instagram is at ADEDpod, and our TikTok is simply the name of the show. Uh, what a, like, weird betting weekend. I won a good amount of money, but it could have been a lot more. And, like, I'll see you next week, I guess, on the books. See you at ESPN Bet. You've been listening and watching the Auto Everyday Show, where sometimes uh, we hit bets and sometimes we don't with all the AJ and Manny Ruffin. You guys have a great rest of your week, your work week. We'll see you in a little bit. We'll get some bets next week for you guys. Let's go, baby.